the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, because of our sin. And even as believers, when we sin, our sin breaks fellowship with God. And that's why it's important for us to confess our sins, to walk in the light. And when we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness. Today, Pastor Dan talks about how important it is to realize the weight of our sins. Have you ever done something and realized it affected your best friends, not only yourself? The devil likes to twist things around, convincing us that it's not as big of a deal as we think. Pastor Dan reminds us how weighty our sins really are. Though we're covered in grace, when we make a conscious decision to disobey, we're separating ourselves from God. The next time you think it's a little white lie, consider whether you really want to be divided from Christ. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know, even today uh, in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, if you're in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day starts at sundown, begins in, in the nighttime. And so that afternoon, everything's shutting down so everybody can go home and be home by the Sabbath day. But for many people living in Jerusalem, it's an inconvenience that they've got to deal with, like traffic around here. You've got to deal with traffic, right? You can't avoid it. Well, for them, because it's the law, everything's got to shut down. A lot of people just see it as this big inconvenience. And it's not this delight. It's not this, hey, we get to spend the day with our family doing nothing but worshiping the Lord and spending the day with, with family and the Lord. They just see it kind of as a hassle. I got to get things done because everything's going to close down. and I can't go to the store or whatever, you know. And they just see it that way. And, and what they do is they try to figure out ways to kind of work around the Sabbath laws and come up with little uh, loopholes to get around the, the Sabbath laws. You know, in the, some of the hotel rooms in Jerusalem, they have these uh, little boxes that have things plugged into it. And you can pre-program like the television to come on for you on the Sabbath day because they're not allowed to turn on the TV on the Sabbath day. So they'll just pre-program the TV the day before so they can still watch the game or whatever, right? But they didn't turn the TV on. Or they'll go eat in a restaurant so they can still have, enjoy a nice hot meal, but they're not the ones serving it. Someone else is cooking it. Someone else is serving it to them, so they're not working. The other guy's breaking the Sabbath day to serve them, but at least they're not breaking the Sabbath day. And So they have all of these little rules, you know, loopholes to try to get around what God intended to be a blessing to them. 
And a lot of people just see it as a hassle that they've got to work around. God says, if you delight in me and my Sabbath, he says, I'll give you great honor. I'll give you the heritage promise to Jacob. And then he ends by saying, the Lord has spoken these promises. So you can believe them and you can trust that they will come to pass. Chapter 59, it continues. It says, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. It's not that the Lord cannot hear their prayers and it's not that the Lord is too weak to help them or save them. It's because of their sin that God refused to hear and God refused to help them. And again, he's writing this to, to God's people. Because of their sin, that God doesn't hear their prayers, God doesn't help them. You know, David wrote in Psalm 66, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Sin separates us from God. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. Because of our sin. And even as believers, when we sin, our sin breaks fellowship with God. And that's why it's important for us to confess our sins, to walk in the light. And when we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our sins and all of our unrighteousness. And here, here God says to Israel, hey, the issue is not with me, it's with you. It's not that I can't hear you and it's not that I'm not powerful enough to help you or save you. Your sins have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now, what were their sins? Verse 3 tells us, For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. And these sins all have to do with how they treated other people. He says their hands were defiled with blood. They, they practiced violence. They practiced murder. You know, Jesus, remember, said, if you have hatred in your heart, it's the same as murder. Uh, we can murder somebody with our words. He said, your lips speak lies. They spoke lies with ease. They spoke lies often. Their tongue muttered perversity. Not only that, verse 4, no one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. No, no one cared about doing what's right or fair or just or honest in the nation. No one pleaded for the truth. They trust in empty words and they speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Again, these are God's people he's talking to. God's people are supposed to be the salt of the earth. But these have lost their saltiness. He goes on in verse 5. They hatch viper's eggs. You know, their, their plans that they hatch are deadly. They weave the spider's web, right? They weave this web that people get tangled up in. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Everything that they're planning is just 
It's deadly. Their webs, and look what he says in verse 6, their webs will not become garments. These spider, you know, these webs that they're weaving, they're not going to be able to make garments or clothing out of them to cover them. Uh, You know, quite often in the Bible, when it talks about our sin, it refers to it as our nakedness. They're not going to be able to cover their nakedness. They're not going to be able to cover their sin. What he says, their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. He says here, nor will they cover themselves with their works. They tried to cover themselves with their works. In, in other words, they thought that their religious works would cover their sin and their wickedness. Again, there are many people that think that way today, that their religious activity or their good works will kind of outweigh their sin and their wickedness, and God will see their, their good works and their religious activities, and that God will, will accept them based on that. And so, you know, it's okay for them to live the way they're living and do what they're doing because they've got all of this religious activity and all these works that they're trusting in that they think will just cover it up. And God says, yeah, it's not true. It's not going to work. You can't cover yourself by your own works. The only thing that covers our sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. No amount of good works or good deeds or religious zeal is going to cover your sin. It's only the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our sins. That's why we need to put our faith in him. And, and the Bible also tells us, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And here are the children of Israel. They aren't departing from their iniquity. They're continuing in their iniquity while they're religious. Look at verse 7. Their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known. And there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths, it says. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Notice in verse 8, it says they have made themselves crooked paths. This is self-inflicted. This is something they've done to themselves. They've made themselves crooked paths or, or twisted paths. They've twisted things. They've twisted the truth of God. They've twisted the gospel. They've twisted God's grace to justify themselves, to justify how they're living. They've come up with this twisted idea that they can just live this wicked, sinful life, but as long as they still go to the temple, as long as they still pray, as long as they still fast, as long as they still make the the prescribed sacrifices, as long as they have this outward religious adornment, that God accepts them. Again, there are people like that today. You probably know people like that today, that they live this ungodly life, and yet, you know, they're in church on Sunday. Right? You probably had Thanksgiving with people like that, didn't you? Thanksgiving dinner with some of your family members that are like that. And that was their thought. And he says here, look what he says in verse 8. They will not know peace. They will not know peace. The crooked path is never the way of peace. The crooked path is never the way of peace. If you try to bend God's rules for yourself, you will not know 
peace. It just doesn't work. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Now, the Apostle Paul quotes verses 7 and 8 in Romans chapter 3, and Paul tells us that this is a picture not only of Israel, but it is a picture of the entire human race. All of mankind is described in verses 7 and 8. Now, in verse 9, Isaiah puts himself into the text along with Israel. He begins to say, us and we here. He's no longer talking about them and what they do, but he's saying us and we as a nation. Therefore, justice is far from us. Why? Because of the sin of the nation, because of verses 7 and 8. Because as a nation, their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known. They've made for themselves crooked paths. Therefore, justice is far from us. Nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in blackness. Verse 10, we grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. Sounds like a description of our world today, doesn't it? (laughs) The nation of Israel at this point in their history They had no interest in justice, and they didn't care about righteousness. So guess what? There was no justice nor righteousness in their nation. Righteousness and justice don't just happen on their own. The people of a nation must pursue righteousness and pursue justice. The nation of Israel wasn't. Instead, they pursued darkness, and so they had darkness. There was no light there. And again, they brought this upon themselves as a nation. In verse 12, Isaiah confesses the sins of the nation. And he says here, for our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them in transgressing And lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off for the truth is fallen in the street. 
You know, we would say truth is washed down the drain in the nation. Inequity cannot enter, so truth fails. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. So that's something. If you, in that time, if you choose to depart from evil and that you're going to live a righteous life, you're going to do the right thing, you're going to live a godly life, you become a prey. Predators seek to devour you. And you remember, and I'm not going to get political here, I'm not taking sides, but do you remember when Mike Pence, the vice president, talked about how he never goes anywhere alone with another woman except for his wife? Man, they jumped all over him, didn't they? Because he was, he was just trying to honor his marriage bed, and people crucified him for that. They barbecued him. He becomes a prey because he chooses to do something that's right, do something that honors God. That's what happens. Then the Lord saw it, verse 15, and it displeased him. It displeased the Lord that there was no justice. And understand when the Bible talks about justice and righteousness, it's not talking about justice within the legal system of the United States. It's talking about justice according to God's word and what's right according to God's word. So don't think of like our court system or judges or anything. No, it's talking about what's right according to God's word. They're no longer keeping God's word. They're no longer honoring God's word. There was no justice and it displeased God. Now look at verse 16. Verse 16, God saw that there was no man and he wondered. The word here, it means to be astonished. God was astonished that there was no intercessor. God looked at the nation of Israel and he saw how bad it was in the nation of Israel. How they had departed from God and how they were oppressing each other and revolting and doing wickedness and conceiving of wickedness. He saw all their iniquity and all their transgressions. He saw that there was no justice and no righteousness. And those who departed from evil were made a prey. And it doesn't say that he was astonished by any of that. You know what astonished God is that there was nobody who stood up for righteousness. That there was no man of God who stood up for justice. There was no one who took a stand for God. He's astonished by that. He's astonished that God's people are silent. At a time when the nation is going away from God. That's what astonishes him. That there's no man that stands up for righteousness and justice. He marvels at the silence of his people. And what he says here is similar to what what the Lord said through Ezekiel, the prophet. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall And stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. God said, I'm just looking for one guy in the whole nation who will build a wall, will take a stand, will stand in the gap so that I wouldn't destroy the nation. And just like he says here through Isaiah, I'm looking for one person who's interceding for the nation. One person who's standing up for righteousness and justice and for God's word. And there's no one. There's no one in the nation. God's people are just silent, watching Israel just go down the tube. And nobody's saying anything about it. So look what happens in verse 16. God waited for someone to take a stand. He waited and waited and waited and waited. And no one stood up. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness, it sustained him 
For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. It says here, God waited and no man stepped up. And so the Lord did it himself. The Lord stepped in. And this description here in verses 16 and 17 of this armor that God puts on here to go and fight for righteousness and justice. It's very similar to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter six with the armor of God. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury and to his adversaries recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. What is God going to do here? He's going to restore the fear of the Lord and he's going to restore his glory. In the nation, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion. Who's that? It's Jesus Christ. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob. So the Redeemer comes to those who turn from their transgressions, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord from this time and forevermore. This is so amazing here that at the end, just the picture of the grace of God here. He has spent two chapters describing to us the sin of the nation. And that they're separated because of their sin and what they're doing wrong. But at the end here, he reminds them of his covenant that he's made with them. And that he has given them his spirit and he's given them his word. His everlasting spirit will abide with them and his his enduring word will be with them forever and never fail. Even though they're sinning, even though the relationship is broken, the Lord says, my covenant still stands. My covenant still stands. You know, just like you and me, when we sin and our relationship with God is broken, it doesn't mean we stop being a son or a daughter of the Lord. The covenant still stands. We're still blood-bought sons and daughters of God. And that remains. You know, he may chasten us. He may correct us, just as he's doing with Israel here. But we're still his blood-bought sons. We're still his blood-bought daughters. He's still our father. Me, how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse by verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry, from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. 
Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.